and welcome to a brand new episode of From the Pod. And today we're talking all about the Qatar Grand Prix. Like, such a crazy race, right? Like, cannot even believe that things like all the events that kind of happened, it's actually kind of a perfect fit for like a Netflix episode of Drive to Survive. Like, one complete episode can be gone for that, right? But like, yeah, anyways, it's not just me on the podcast today. Again, I'm joined by the team, my far and extended team down in the United Kingdom. Uh, joining me from uh, London is Vishruti and uh, joining me from, wait, where are you, where were you based out of? I'm not far from London, I'm only like two hours away. I'm in this yeah, small called Exeter. It's not yeah, too far. So, yeah. yeah, so one guy, one person from London and another person from Exeter and then there's myself in Dubai. We are, we are, we are a global team now. Uh, so like, yeah, anyways, welcome guys to the uh, show. Hello, yeah, it's good it's, to be back. It feels so good to be back. Let me talk first, okay? I'm a part of this show before I was a, before and you came here I out. thought it was Mary's first. Listen, there's no first person in the one. It's all about okay. talent. Okay. Okay, I'm all right, to fine. Get... All right, all right, all right, guys, calm down, calm down. Uh, first of all, first of all, let me just kick off by talking about the race, okay? Like, okay, I want to get your perspectives on this. What did you feel after watching the race? I want to kick this off with um, here. Like, give me like a basic, like a basic kind of a synopsis. According to you, how was the race and what it was? Okay, so from my perspective and my point of view, I think uh, the race was very exciting since the first lap. Uh, we knew that the track temperatures were very hot. We knew that the FIA had a compulsory three-pit three pit rule that was applied. So with all of that, and with obviously the Mercedes crashing into each other on the first turn, made things very interesting. Obviously, McLaren coming up in the podiums was a huge success for them. And um, overall... It was a very interesting, yet a very devastating track for Mercedes, but also for the drivers because the weather conditions were not as uh, appealing to them. There were very um, acute cases of fainting, dehydration, lack of energy. So I also there were a lot of talks about how FIA might not have this track next season. So yeah, let's see. Vishruti, what are your thoughts though on this though on the on the, on the race? Well, I don't know. It had ups and downs. And firstly, for me, I was very happy that McLaren were on the top after like starting off quite low on the grid. But I feel bad for the rest of the drivers. I mean, um, Lewis crashing in the first barely first barely started the first lap and he crashed and. Um, I mean, Sergeant having to retire and Stroll not having a good weekend at all. You know, these things, and the toll it took on them physically. As such, it's such a mental sport. And this this race took a toll on them physically as well. And it pushed them to the limits that no one wants to see. So, I don't know, ups and downs. Well, anyways, um, I'm going to give some facts of what the race and why... It was by far one of the toughest Formula One Grand Prix for almost every driver. One, of course, heat. So according to Pirelli, uh, they said the track temperature didn't drop under, uh, it didn't drop below 36 degrees Celsius. Okay. During daytime, the track temperature was almost 40 degrees Celsius. And it was, and again, in this part of the world, yes, it is like when we say 36, we're like, oh, that's like usual temperature. But mm-hmm. for the rest of the world, 36 degrees Celsius is like extremely hot. Extremely. And anything going in the 40s is even more hot. For me, being in Dubai and being at hot over here for us, even 40 is also not a big thing. Unless it's, it really reaches 50, then it's a big thing. Um, so that one, number one. And number two, the track layout. So, a lot of medium to high-speed corners. So, of course, high G-forces per mm. turn. Because apparently there are like 16 turns, if I'm not wrong, right? In, yep. the, in the track. So, 
eight, the 16 turns are, again, they are not slow corners. They are like medium to high corners. So it's like every turn, the G-force kind of, the impact of that G-force increases. And again, the forced pit stops, the 18 lap pit stop, which, okay, I understand it is a very safety perspective thing, which Pirelli kind of brought out. But again, it was something which I feel, uh, okay, that was like a very last minute thing. And, and apparently for this race, everything was a last minute thing. Yeah. Like in terms of how driver things come up, then after that, all the track limit issues. Like it was just absolute bonkers in the first place. But yeah, in terms of drivers, that is a huge list. Normally when it's with each track, say, uh, okay, let's say Singapore till now was the most demanding track. But now a lot of drivers have kind of adapted to that Singapore track uh, style. So that's why they are now yeah. kind of okay with it. Okay. But this one kind of broke all the records. So I'm, Qatar Grand Prix actually wanted to make so much noise. I feel they've made way too much noise. Yeah, true. Like, we had, say, who? Now, as you guys said, uh, Ocon puked lap 15 in the crash helmet, which is which is like how I'll call it. It's very unusual. It's unheard of. Exactly. And then like, yeah, so a forced retirement, that is like another thing. Like, come on, why a driver would want to force yeah. retire? Um, again, mm-hmm. that point due to dehydration, Alex struggled to get out the car. You got Lance, who kind of exited out and just directly went to the ambulance. Um, Lando and um, George were Russell. in between kind of getting their visors up and down. And there was this one particular lap where George just took his hands off the steering and just kind of getting the stretches done just so that he could kind of get, he could just kind of feel his hand and get some blood circulation in uh, to his fingers. Um, and again, PS3 and Verstappen were laying down. So yeah, it was mentally taxing. But speaking about, but leaving all these aside, let's actually talk about the action on track. And I would like to start this off with Mercedes itself. Lap one incidents. <laughs> I would, I would, I would like to know. I would like to first take this opportunity to ask the McLaren fan, what yes. was your, okay. your what was okay. your uh, kind of uh, what do you call uh, expression or how I call that? Your kind of uh, thought that time when you saw this. I was honestly downright shocked because I didn't expect that to happen. I don't remember when was the last time I've seen that happen. So I was upset because I wanted Lewis to do well. Maybe do not give me that look, but I wanted Lewis to do well. Okay. Like, I'm not going to say anything until you finish. (laughs) See, I'm happy. (laughs) I'm happy that my team were on top, but. Not under these circumstances. I wanted them to actually, like... See, I do get it. Like, they did well on their own. But I do wish that that I would have seen both the Mercedes start on top, given that they were starting very, very high up on the grid. I'd have liked them to take... <laughs> Stop shaking your head. I'd have liked them to capitalize on it and actually, like, push toward, to the limit. Not too much, but I'd have All liked right. them to push to the limit. I... I think this girl, this papaya girl is in line. Okay, and the way I say it, I don't see it in a way weird way. But this papaya girl absolutely lying. You take it or leave it. She only cares about oh, oh, sorry. She only cares about her McLaren McLaren cars. So Mercedes yeah, fans, okay? Let's 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 come back. But like uh, Mihir. As a long-time Mercedes fan and as a Lewis Hamilton, uh, how I'll call, aficionado, uh, because you have invested a lot on Lewis Hamilton material products, uh, I would want to know your thoughts. That first lap where Lewis was kind of taken out. <laughs> I'll not say so, taken out, more of like an incident. I'm going to try to be less pissed off and I'll, be, I'll go on the technical side of what sure. I thought was so for the listeners i'm not gonna bore you with a lot of stats i'm just gonna say it's lewis's fault and the reason why i say that it is lewis's fault is because he didn't see his blind spot which is in that situation it's very difficult to really react to everything because at that point 
at the first half second of the grid, you want to get the best position to dominate the whole race. So I guess in his perspective, he wanted to overtake George and to be in the top three positions to have a very good grasp on that track. And which obviously did not happen because George Russell had the same mindsets. And every driver would have that same mindset. But he actually did not give a thought that, oh wait, George might actually attack as well. And he forgot and they crashed. Luckily, it wasn't a DNF for both the drivers. Only Lewis. Which is fine. Which is absolutely okay. Everyone has their good and bad days. For Mercedes, it's been a bad season for the last... It's been a bad two last seasons. Which is fine. Um, I'm understanding, obviously, it's very easy to for me to sit down and comment. So I know how much hard work they're putting in. Um, it's a genuine mistake by Lewis. Um, and I loved how Lewis did not reciprocate. He was like, no, it's my fault. That's a very good sportsmanship, very good attitude towards the safety. As as well as George Russell, he was like, oh, wait, is he okay? Um, whose fault was it? Well, it wasn't my fault, but if it is, I'm really sorry. So I love how the, I love how everything was, but it, it's a rookie mistake by a world-class driver. Um, that's all I'm going to say in this but generally a very sad position for Mercedes. Thankfully, in the constructions, they're not doing that bad. They're second place. Um, in our eyes, I think they're first because obviously Red Bull is way far ahead than anyone can actually do anything right now. So, exactly. so technically, Mercedes is first if you eliminate Red Bull. But, mm-hmm. again, that's my perspective. Arjun, what, what do you think? Do you have another perspective on this? or? So, what I thought is this. So, um, as we have all seen, George was in mediums and Lewis was in softs. Yep. The previous day on the sprints, George was in the softs and Lewis was in the mediums. Okay. So, in my thought, I'm like, okay, the strategy was clear. Lewis go take the offensive end and try to get his track position just so that the gap between him and Max doesn't kind of go. And then eventually, George picks up the pace and then uh, attacks. Mm-hmm. This is what I thought. Okay. And in my mind, like, okay, when Lewis was kind of taking, taking the outer line and going in, I was like, all right, so that means... George, uh, idly the idly anyone's mindset is like, okay, Lewis is going on the attack and he's going in. But then the kind of that turn comes in and no one decides to break. No one decides to kind of decelerate. And both of them clipped off. And apparently both cars were taken off. And knowing Lewis, he will, if the car is still on track, even with three wheels, he will drive and make it back to the pits. Lewis is known for that. Like, best example are, like, uh, those races down in Silverstone. I don't remember which year it is, but then I've seen way too much of that. Where, like, with, with like, literally, with less than five seconds, with three tires, he managed to finish a Grand Prix. So, again, he was in gravel, so basically he just can't recover the car out. Because I thought, like, okay, if if they were, like, if that was just clipped off and it's just that they he didn't manage to reach the gravel trap, there might be chances Lewis can still come back. Come back, get a pit stop done, finish it off. So, yeah. But then it was, it was a bit of a shame, though, uh, because I feel in a kind of a communication internally between the strategy team kind of didn't work in play, I personally think. Fair. I think that's a, that's a great way to... And that note, I think that's a very our journey. We as as Mercedes, I think as obviously as as a Formula One fan, it's very devastating to see any car crash. Exactly. Yeah. The first thing you think is safety, because these guys not just racing for the country and the team, they're also putting their lives on stake. So, 
and I agree with FIA's strategy. I mean, look, safety is, comes first, and whatever FIA did as well as the three-stop strategy was just for safety precautions. So yeah. I'm not gonna say anything bad about FIA on this, but what Michael Massey did was absolute nonsense. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> From where to where did that just go? From yeah. March 2022 to Abu Dhabi 2021. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, like, uh, speaking about all these, we got a highlight about a, uh, of a Mercedes customer team, McLaren, of course. The papaya, papaya, papaya. Yeah. <laughs> uh, three points earned in the last three races. In that, 47 points gained alone in Qatar with the sprints and the race. They broke Red Bull's all-time pit stop record of 1.9 seconds, 1.82 seconds, and it's now 1.8 seconds with the McLaren. And yeah, a team, again, as Vishruti said, was on the drop zone to a team that is, that is like really capable enough of challenging mm. Red Bull at the stage. Can I, sorry, can I? Go on, go on, please. I just want to start this off. Um, I know you're a Papaya fan, but I'm, I got really excited as a, a Formula 1 fan. Um, McLaren, and look at her. She's, she's, she can't stop. <laughs> here, here. It's, it, it's, it's, it's her time to glow. It's I'm taking time. it in, man. I'm taking it she's in. Like making every, every opportunity she's using to gloat. See, man. if this anyway. was three years ago, you would have gloated too, okay? I'm taking okay, no, the opportunity and I'm doing it. Fair enough, you should. As you should. As you should. But all I want to tell you is, my listeners and you guys as well, that McLaren was not in a good space a few races ago. Right? They they always were. They started off in the lower grid. And mm-hmm. at one point, they came up. And then they went back down to the middle. Now, for the, in the last two races... There's a different charisma between McLaren and their team. It's it's a very uh, no no we got this with Oscar and his driving strategies and Landon Norris with his experience of driving in the previous years and um, I'm gonna come back to Oscar right now just to make a point where Oscar is very new to Formula One and he's oh. he's making so many good moves by making decisions communicating in a way where the team is understanding what his requirements are, what he wants to do, and how do you execute that plan. So they're really focusing on not just winning, but how to win this in the most simple yet the most effective way. There are, you, can always, you can always come back to your weaknesses, but if you really play, play on the strength, that really makes a different role. Mm-hmm. Um, Oscar did an amazing thing. I mean, by coming to all position sprints i think that's a crazy thing to do um it's oscar is comfortable now you can see oscar is very comfortable in in his position he knows what he's doing he he's understanding his surroundings london norris has always been comfortable but uh, it's always that luck that comes into the situation where he tries Mm -hmm. to really put himself out but he can't so there's always that time that he needs to execute right and this i think for the last few races McLaren has been doing a phenomenal job, especially with the pit stop. What the hell is 1.8? That's <laughs> like uh, definitely. You know, for a second, I'm like, with what we see with Oscar, that's like, I'm like, could this guy be like another Max Verstappen? Ooh, that's Honestly, a good call. I, I, like, I won't, uh, I won't because, because the way how he adapted to that car in less than a year, in say less than what do you call in less than 20 races it's just something uh, like you cannot imagine with okay like yeah max when he was 17 he managed to touch a formula one car with with Charles rosso and then from Charles rosso got it to red bull but with austin uh, with uh, oscar of course there was the entire saga last year with the Alpine mm-hmm. thing where Fernando Alonso was leaving and Oscar was told he will be replaced when Oscar ends up coming up this with this really nice thing saying, oh, I'm not going to join Alpine. So, yeah, in, in, in some line, you, can, you should say 
the credit goes to Alpine for training him. Oh, and no, no, no. Sorry, I'm so sorry. Credit goes to Vishuti <laughs> because she's a big fan, right? <laughs> that, that, that left me a bit serious. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, but credit goes oh, to Alpine. Way. Credit goes to Alpine for training that guy into being, into getting into a car of that sort. Like, he gets into a car, like, instead of a Renault system car, he enters into a Mercedes system car and then gets in. So, uh, you know, I, I'm just, I was just thinking this uh, yesterday. I'm like, if, if, for example, say, if Lewis Hamilton, for example, retires, because apparently there is a conversation that he has kind of revealed his plans, what he will do after retirement, which will come down. Mm-hmm. If Lewis retires, I personally feel with George, sometimes Oscar can be paired. Because <laughs> Lewis came from McLaren. Lewis, at his peak at McLaren, joined Mercedes and then got in there. So I don't know. This is something which, again, this is not something factual. This is more of like my thoughts. My thoughts on mm-hmm. Oscar Piastri in the future. Where would he be at? Quite interesting fact you just made there, actually. Um, I obviously don't, I don't disagree or agree to this. But if I had to make a decision, I won't go for Oscar. I think he's... Um, I think he's too young to get into such a uh, heritage. No, old. No, I'm looking for that word actually. Um, Mercedes has a class where they use a certain type of personality to get inside their team. Um, Lewis, obviously, everyone knows how Lewis is. He's very down to earth. He loves giving, but he's very focused. He knows what he wants to do. George Russell is very opposite, actually, frankly, from Lewis. I think. George Russell is the young, he, he, George Russell is the young cocaine, you know, who's like, oh, I want to get those poles. I want the, the aggressiveness comes from, I want to do this. I want to get this done. I want to go to questions. Lewis is like, I experience. I know how to do everything. I'm the calm, composed one. So we need to get someone who is as composed as Lewis. Because if there are two rivalries again, like Max Verstappen and Daniel Ricciardo. That's going to create a lot of drama between the team members, which would create a very vulnerable situation in the middle where both of them are not... Obviously, they're fighting with each other to get a better position, but you also... Also, in the back of the head, they're helping each other as a team to be number one. So, I think putting Oscar and George Russell together would be a very... Uh, it would be a very di- different situation. I don't know who would be who in this mm-hmm. situation. But if I had to take a decision, I would take Alonso in this. If Alonso is Ooh. still racing. What if Alonso is not racing? Well, he's left to come back quite a few times. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think there's anyone in terms of... Obviously, there are much, like, there are much more experienced drivers in the grid. I said Alonso because obviously he's racing right now and he has that mentality of, you know, um, calm and composed. You know, like I, you know, like I want to win. Yeah, I want to win, but the right way of winning. I've spoken right. to. I think Arjun. I think we've gone ahead of time. No, but then like, yeah, I'm, I'm like we we both talk about McLaren. The actual McLaren fan didn't manage yeah. to get a chance to talk. That's so fine. like, yeah. Uh, go on. This is now your official time for gloating. Your time starts now. Uh, so tell us. Uh, I'm getting a consecutive second. A you spoke for five minutes. Okay, I get more than that. So so kind of you, but no, I'm yeah. just you're just jealous. But um, <laughs> I'm so proud of McLaren for what they did. I mean, Lando's overtakes, Oscar's keeping it. Oscar was keeping Verstappen on his tail and like making sure that he would not take over. Like during the sprint as well, like you could see the amount of pressure and the energy that he had to make sure that, you know, Verstappen was still in P2, Verstappen would not overtake him. He pushed to the limit and he was able to carry that through from the shootout to like actually taking it on in the actual sprint and getting that pole position. And I was so proud of him for that. Lando, I get it. He had such a bad, very bad qualifying because of the track limit situation. 
Um, he he could not even get a single proper lap in, and it just sucked to watch that. But he, yeah, granted, probably if the Mercedes wouldn't have crashed, they probably would not have landed on the podium. At least there would be just one of them, like how Lando had predicted. Probably Oscar would have just been on the podium. Uh, but I'm not gonna say I'm happy about the crash. I'm definitely not happy about the crash. I'm glad Lewis is safe. But I'm also quite proud of Lando and his overtakes, especially the one with Alonso. Oh, that was a beautiful overtake. But each and everything that both of them did, they were able to capitalize on the the strategy that was given to them, as well as the car that was given to them. And they pushed it to the limit and they were able to bring it up, both of them on the podium. And I don't mm-hmm. know, I just had a wonderful time watching this race. It was, I think it was better than Japan. <laughs> And, just, and it's not just me. Every, like I feel, I feel uh, the only race I got really excited was Singapore because mm-hmm, yeah. they did like a Red Bull one two three. True. Like, yeah. Oh Red Bull, we we that was like an entirely different like paradise race. Of course, looking on a constructive perspective, McLaren is on the fight for that fourth position in the constructors. Idly, yeah. the gap is only eleven points. Yeah, and Lando's also close to overtaking. Lando's also close to overtaking uh, Leclerc. Yeah, again, that also is nine points difference, because I remember. But at the same time, you got even consider George Russell. He's just four points away from Lando. So in case if George manages to take the raw pace out of that W14, because they actually had the pace in Qatar, and now. Mercedes yeah, is coming with an update, the, the final update in Austin. So we don't know how the car how the car is going to be. Uh, we got to talk about Sergio Perez. In the um, sprints, he managed to not do anything, like ended up crashing with, with his old teammate Esteban Ocon. Mm-hmm. In the quali, got out in Q1 itself. And is that something now which Red Bull seriously need to consider? Because again, it's five more races. His basic, I'll, I'll tell you this, Lewis is in fight for the second position at the Drivers' Championship. And yeah. the gap is only 30 points. If Sergio manages not to get points in Austin and Lewis manages at least a top three finish, Mm-hmm. The gap then reduces from that 30 to idly 21 or what, 18 or something. Say, for example, Lewis gets 18 points. So technically, it's just going to be, say, 30 minus 18. Uh, this will become 12 points difference. And that 12 points, technically, even his P4 or P5 in the next race, which is Interlagos. Sorry, yeah. it's not Interlagos. The no. next race, uh, no, it'll be Mexico. Like Checo Perez's home race. If then yeah. he manages to get a P P five, he will still get that twelve points uh, ahead. But do we think so, that he will? Chances, see, I don't know how the new update is going to work on the car. Okay, because none of us know how that's going to work. But mm-hmm. Sergio Perez has now got a final ultimatum from his team's advisor, or what we call Mister Old Man, Doctor mm-hmm. Helmut Okay. So he is now given until Mexican Grand Prix for him to improve. If he doesn't improve, there is a heavy chance, heavy chance that he will be thrown out of the seat. Like I'm really sorry in the line I've used so here to all my listeners out there, but this is something like I just to kind of inform you about the brevity of the incident. I'm just using the words. Because his seat is really on danger. Really, really on danger. Like, we saw Sergio Perez still Miami managing, like, himself and Max, the points were just five point, five or ten points difference, which is okay, which is reasonable. But now it is not reasonable at all. Because it's 433 versus 224. That's more than 200 points. Any, just thoughts, like on a leap. Any thoughts on this in terms of Sergio Perez? It feels like a huge leap of a gap between Max and Sergio from where they were in the beginning to what it is now. I don't know, since the since the break, since coming back from the break, he sort of declined. And most of the qualies you see, he doesn't qualify 
that high up and he has to push his way up and even if he pushes his way up he ends up going down because of the pit stops that he has and i could and it's i obvious that at this point that red bull is just banking on max and i don't know like i know i don't like perez as much but i really i, I don't know, i want him to be able to use what he has we know he's put he has the potential to do well right he he fought for he he fought as much as he could last year he fought at the beginning of this year it just sucks to see that someone as good as perez is not doing well right now um, mihir what's your thoughts on this okay so i'm going to make it very short yeah because obviously you guys have already spoken quite some bit of this yeah um perez is not doing well and we all know this and i'm not going to repeat this again i'm going to give you something new to your listeners right which is Perez has lost opportunity to be in it. Cut close. If I was a part, I am really sad for him. But in Formula One, it's either yes or no. You're either in the team or you're out of the team. If you're not on a good streak of winning or improving or showing some improvement, you are out. Case closed. Perez is not doing well. Red Bull has given him multiple opportunities to show improvement. to show if he is in the right seat he's not i'm so sorry but you'll have to leave because there are other drivers who have who want to be in a position who might do something better mm-hmm. there are other opportunities outside formula 1 like indycar so be active in those kind of sport motorsports once you think you're good enough and you think there are other teams who might want you come back in but for now he's not doing up to red bull's expectations and Red Bull could have been in a better position. They're already in a really good position, but imagine if they were if Sergio Perez was as good as Max or maybe two levels below Max. Yeah. Red Bull would have been on all our score. No Formula 1 team would ever reach. That's what I'm going to say. It was short, it was simple. That's that's all agreed, agreed, agreed. Because uh, I did see this quote from Nico Rosberg. He's like just because uh, there is a lack of people who are kind of uh, lack of talent according to red bull levels to fill up that seat that's why sergio perez is still sticking around or yeah. else long time away he would be thrown off yeah because yeah. we I mean, saw the, we, because we saw the same thing with nick debris 10 races yeah. he couldn't show the performance he was thrown off and dan ricardo was put in and again for him uh, i don't know whether he's going to come back in austin i really wish he comes back in austin because we would he like to see that uh on the track uh mm-hmm. and like yeah so idly what the situation is now there are three drivers on contention dan ricardo was by far the most favorite favorite among them even for the red bull team because he has one keen like they have seen what he can deliver out they know mm-hmm. what dan ricardo can do and there's also you got liam lawson but liam lawson again won't be that favorable because again he has just raced what three or four races at the stage mm-hmm. so there is no way they'll be putting like a group like a four race experience guy on a car like red bull which is like which basically can be really dominant so so like yeah, we don't know we don't know how this is going to turn out, turn out to be but i'm pretty sure if sergio manages to get us shit together he stays or else he's in the most dangerous f1 seat i'll say the red bull seats are the far by far the most dangerous seats mm-hmm. because you cannot predict when they when they will tell you to get out no red bulls really unpredictable like that and honestly if perez doesn't take his chance and do it the next two races and daniel comes in and he actually capitalizes on the rest of the races that he has left I'm so sure of the fact that Daniel will be will be taken into Red Bull for next year if he shows what he's capable of and the Red Bull Daniel Ricardo comes back. Definitely because see if the, I'll tell you why the two races because two races are enough for Lewis to secure the position. Mm-hmm. So it's second on the constructor you have one Mercedes driver on on the second driver champ driver construct uh, driver championship it it works as a sweet deal for mercedes mm. because it's like what toto said is like he wanted he wants to give lewis his eighth championship this more of kind of 
gives that kind of reassurance for Hamilton that next year he is looking to fight Max. Yeah. And kind of get the dominance come back. Off. Yeah, it's 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 technically come back here, but we don't know how the car looks, but W15 is at the moment told to be in uh development because they kind of stopped focusing on W14 anymore. Yeah. That's yeah. why Austin becomes the last update which they will be bringing in. Also, um we got to talk about Lance Stroll. The Aston Martin. Man. <sighs> is that is okay throwing your steering wheel out manhandling your uh, personal trainer you have all these televised he doing all these things is that something something which a formula 1 driver wants to portray in the public also this one yeah i think lanso is very frustrated it is right now um obviously when you have all the opportunities when you have the right money you have the right investment you have when your dad owns the team but you within you don't get any results you would be frustrated i if, if i was in his shoes i would potentially tell my father i'll be like this is not going the way i want I think you get a better experience driver and I will be the sidelines trying to learn what I did was wrong and maybe the next 2 years or maybe next year see and compare myself mm-hmm. I know it's very easy for me to say all of this but this is what I would do if I was in his position um there might be some legal matter that he has to be driving this year or something like that which I'm not sure about but all I can say is obviously he doesn't have the right to do throw a crippin around and manhandle anyone not just his um is what who is that his uh yeah but you should also understand that he is trying to not only make his father proud but also he he is the face of the team and when you're the face of the team you really have to not just race but you're racing for your fans for your country for your father so all the pressure would maybe come up to a point where you're like damn that's a lot of pressure i have so does he have the right to do that no do we like him for doing that it's understandable what he did mm-hmm. um a lot of people would disagree be like no he should be professional but in that moment when you know you have the right everything then why am i wrong yeah why am i going through this this alley of bad luck and of course i guess that does not justify why he would do that we understand why he did that mhm fair enough uh vishruti so i 100% agree with me here and on top of all of that pressure that he has his father owns the team he races for you know the name stroll is such a big deal when it comes to um the team that that and the team that the name that aston martin holds that he has so much to live up to so many expectations to live up to and other than the fact that his father owns the team he's racing alongside a two time world championship a winner you know so the pressure that he has is so much in the fact that he sees alonso doing so well from time to time and he had a beautiful stint in the beginning till canada and then it slowly kind of dropped i don't know what happened what went wrong but all that the the weeks and the weekends that he's had that was so frustratingly bad for him I just I don't know I I I can't put into words as to how bad I feel for him and the fact that I want him to be able to be less frustrated. I mean you could see in the interview post the qualies or was it post the sprint where he was so dejected that that he barely said like five words to the interviewer. He he'd lost all hope and 
there's just like me was saying there's so much pressure that's been put on him the name the team who sat on that seat before him who sat who's sitting with him and each and every person that's there with him is experienced knows what's going on and he's been racing for what 6 7 years in formula 1 he has the experience he he's been doing it for these many years it's not like he has a lack of experience a lack of people taking care of him and mentoring him he has amazing mm. people but it's just the pressure of that sudden drop from canada that that's probably putting all that pressure on him and the world yeah. is watching more than anything you know i feel that um, formula 1 drivers are i feel the most filmed people because exactly. literally from the minute they step into the track like not even onto the proper proper track like to the venue that second onwards cameras are like basically on them so say if there is a reason why lewis hamilton dresses up is to kind of just give that show of okay what lewis hamilton is if like drivers dress up it's basically for that show so like yeah i feel okay frustration on an end is something which is there for every driver like we have seen it when max was in his amateur days he ended up hitting um what esteban ocon for ruining his race mm-hmm. so we have we, we have seen all those things but this time i feel the extent of what he did was a bit too much because it was not just one day it was two days both the days mm-hmm. on the on the days of the sprint and on the day of the race he ended up doing something which is not acceptable okay mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, this is a sport, and yeah, there for with every sport there is something called sportsmanship, and you got to accept facts, and you got to try to kind of improve. And just what to what Vishuddhi said, I'm going to recorrect that. He has not only driven with a two-time world champion, he's also driven with a four-time world champion as well. That's basically mm-hmm. a combined total of six world six world championships. two drivers he is driven with so that means he had the opportunity to learn three years with sebastian vettel this one year with fernando alonso that's almost the fourth year is going to end these four years if he hasn't learned from the best of the best i don't know them what he's doing but again it comes to it's it comes to a point where you can how much will you learn you know you really need to make your own learnings then it's like how much exactly. ever you it's it's like a degree you know like i'm i'm big a master's in marketing doesn't mean i am getting the intellectual content i'm learning everything about strategies and theories but that can only apply when i realize things in real life fana a lot of people think oh yeah like university and colleges are a waste of money Why do you think that? Because they they found something they know what the drive is. So mm-hmm. when it comes within yourself, it comes to you naturally, <laughs> right? That's what I feel. And a person can read hundred books, so he has a knowledge for it. But how will he apply the knowledge on the track? Fair enough. Exactly. No, but then see, like uh, just a third interrupt over here. but um with fernando alonso alonso is always that teammate like he will take the charge but at the same time for him his agenda is also to kind of improve his teammate mm-hmm. i have seen when he was in alpine whenever esteban manages to get secure podium he goes he'll become the most excited person in the in that paddock and like we have seen in miami or yeah in miami when um this when uh, alonso had like a peak of the tv screens he giving a radio message down to the team to the pit box saying oh tell lance to do this so it's like like yeah i agree on what mihir said but then at the same time when you got a teammate like that who is ready to help you like is giving you on the job kind of uh what do you call advices 
it is something which I feel I don't know. Like I think he would be taking it in face value, but don't know whether he's implementing it or not. But you know what though, you say that he's been around uh, drivers like Vettel and Alonso. They've made a name for themselves. Both these drivers have made a name for themselves. Yes. Five, four years with these guys. I feel like Lance Stroll's. I don't. I'm not gonna say inferiority complex, but I feel like he wants to make a name for himself. He's being taught by them. Yes, Alonso was is open to teaching him. I'm so sure Vettel's so open to teaching him. But don't you think that Lance Stroll wants to make a name for himself as well? Just like how you say Max Verstappen was was pissed off at Ocon because of it, but he's made a name for himself. He's a three-time world champion. At the same time, Lance Stroll wants to do something different than what the others have done. And he wants to prove that he's good enough for the position. He's not just getting that seat because his father owns that company or that team. It could be taken like that as well. Fair enough. Like, yeah, definitely. Absolutely, absolutely. Like, um, it's, 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 it's definitely like a valid thing. Anyways, we wish uh, Lance Stroll all the very best of that investigation. If uh, things go well, things go wrong. I'm pretty sure he would be probably slapped with a fa- with a financial penalty, like how when Lewis mm-hmm. crossed like an active track, he got a fifty thousand pound penalty for it. So he'll potentially get something like that. But yeah, it's something. I feel it's something which should be kind of kept in consideration. Again, as I said, where when I started the episode for Netflix, this would be the most content-filled race. Yes. Weekend every in general, every team had content. It's not True. just one. All the ten teams had some sort of content running their way, be mm-hmm. it Ferrari with uh, Carlos Sainz not racing, with Mercedes yeah. with the first lap accident, with McLaren being the victory, with Sergio messing starting from the pit lane, Alfa Romeo with, with their double points. Yeah, Alfa Romeo for the first time in the season getting double points. <laughs> You got Hart with K-Mag uh, yelling in the uh, radio. With Williams, <laughs> you've got uh, the track penalties, Logan Sargent. Sargent. Um, and with uh, Alpine, it's, again, so much track limits. Yeah. Alpine, I believe, got the most amount of track limits. Yep. 15 seconds, right? 15 seconds of track limits. That too, not Ish. one driver. Both the drivers managed to get it. Yeah, true. So it's 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 no it's no small deal, uh, but then like yeah. Anyways, uh, before we wrap up, just one last thing though, which race in the upcoming triple header? So we are going after this week. So the coming week we don't have a race, but the week after that, so three weeks continuously, we have races which are based in the Americas. So say so you got the Austin, or uh, in Texas. You've got uh, Mexico, and you have got Interlagos in Brazil. Which race in the upcoming three would you look forward to? I'm going to start it off with, uh, with all the three races. All the three races. Why? Because you can't get enough of Formula One. <laughs> That's a given. Give it. Oh, I didn't agree with that. But I'm looking forward to Brazil. Really looking forward to Brazil. Why it's always been a race that I find extremely interesting. It's a race that the Mercedes have always done well in. And I want to I see feel... them come back from the crash that they had. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, like, yeah, like, that's some, yeah, for me, I personally feel uh, like, yeah, even though I would love all three races, I would definitely look forward to Interlagos because... Uh, it's one of my favorite tracks, number one. Number two, it is like, it is filled with Mercedes heritage. Yeah. In terms of the wins. Yep. I feel the most successful track Mercedes could be winning is Interlagos. And, that's, and I really hope that streak doesn't break this year, even though Max is Max. Uh, if... <laughs> If if I would rather see a same situation like Singapore happen in Interlagos, I'll be really happy about it. Very happy. But you know what, though? I'm also looking forward to Austin if Ricardo's coming back in Austin. 
Well, yeah, but there are there are that kind of uh, what do you call circuit of the Americas is something. I'll say okay, it is a bit unpredictable because of how yeah. drivers will perform, but yeah. it is something which we can kind of see. What? Yeah. What is? Yeah. And that's <laughs> and that's pretty much it with our with another episode of Formula Pod. Thank you so much uh, to you guys once again for listening to us. And supporting us, um, you'll find our podcast across all your favorite podcast platforms. And yeah, uh, until next time, this is the entire crew from Formula Pod signing off. And yeah, before we sign off, before all the goodbyes, uh, personally, all of us would like to thank each one of that follower, either on Instagram, listening to us, kind of being our support ground in terms of um, listening to us and kind of messing us being like, oh, why there's no not, not a new episode out. So shout out to everyone out there, to each one of you who listen to us. Like, yeah, we love you guys and yeah, we will try our level best to kind of keep this momentum as it is. Even though like, even though we all are busy with our own personal lives otherwise as well, we make it a, we, we make it a point at least in a month for ours we just dedicate just for you guys so yeah thank you so much uh and on that terrible disappointment uh this is all of us from Formula Pod signing off before i say goodbye you guys have anything else to say to our listeners out there yeah um thank you so much for you guys uh, thank you so much for the support you guys have given us uh since the beginning it's a tough ride um Obviously, you guys are the initial listeners and uh, we won't forget you if, sorry, when we grow big. So, oh, look uh, at that. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's best to think forward. Yeah. Positive so, mind. It's always a positive mind. But thank you so much. I really appreciate it. We are putting in a, quite some effort into entertaining you guys, keeping up to date with everything going by the basic rules um and it's not that we are really getting like we're all busy but we enjoy loving doing this for you guys so thank you so much yeah i'm intruder i'm I'm just extremely excited i look forward to doing this every week and if i can't make it i feel guilty so I make it a point to be there no matter what. And I'm so glad that people actually sit and listen to me talk because I love talking. Oh, Everyone really. knows that. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't listen to my voice, so I get you. But yeah. I'm glad that other people do like listening to us talk. Please, you guys realize this. I have to listen to all your voices after this episode is done. <laughs> I never like, do. Yeah. I never listen to it back. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. um, until the next time, this is the entire crew from Formula Pod signing off. Goodbye.